Amen. Everybody doing good? Everybody awake? Time change didn't catch all of you, I guess, but uh, man, that's awesome. So, uh, man, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. It's raining outside. You can't do anything out there anyway, right? But uh, I'm glad you guys are here and uh, man, excited about second week of uh, contagious generosity. You know, for most of us, when we talk about contagious, you know, that ought to be something that's pretty easy to understand, especially with what we've been through for the last three or four years, right? You know, with COVID, everybody was worried about, you know, you know con- getting con- being contaminated or being contagious or whatever. And, you know, uh, so, so all obviously we would understand that. So hopefully what you get out of that title is that, you know, this is something that can be caught. This is something that we should share, but this is a good thing. So generosity is a good thing for us to catch from somebody. When you see somebody being generous, you go, you know what, man, that, that looks like that is a difference maker. That looks like something I want to be a part of. I want to be able to give like that. I want to be able to serve like that. I want to be able to do something like that. So hopefully it's a little bit contagious. And whenever you get around it, man, you go, you know what? I mean, I want to spread this, you know, like it's so opposite of what COVID was, but we want to spread the good stuff, right? And so generosity is one of those things that we love to to be, and that's what hopefully prayerfully for us as a church, we are a generous church. And I know that you guys are a generous church because you give so much towards missions. Uh, I had an opportunity yesterday to even talk to Andre DeFries and he was like, hey, tell the church, thank you. Thank you for the gifts that you give. Uh, just a few weeks ago, just to let you guys know, you know, Alec, who was our new business administrator, we were sitting down and we were, we were sending out checks to some of the uh, missions and ministries that we support. And we sent about $26,000 in one day. And he's like, dude, this is my favorite part of the job. And I was like, don't you know it? And I said, man, you get to bless people. And uh, we get to help. Let me just tell you what you guys did with that money. I said, number one, you, you helped furnish and finish up the uh, clinic that we started there in Uganda, uh, provide for the birthing room and stuff like that. You got to, you got to give to where Grace Haven, the, the home there in South Africa, where all these young girls are coming in. They only had one to begin with. Now they're up to five and, and it's growing. And so they were able to furnish that. Uh, we were to help, help plant a church that's starting here in our area. And we got to be able to invest in that. And so I love the fact that we're able to be able to invest in missions. And I love our church being so generous, man. Thank you all for your hearts and thank you for giving. So we want to be generous. That's one of the things that we want to be, right? So I was out last week and Tony, uh, Pastor Tony did an incredible job. If y'all would give it up for him. I thought he did an incredible job and uh, great energy. He always brings great energy. He's like an energizer bunny, you know, but uh, he brings it, man. And he just uh, really poured his heart out last week. And what I love is uh, being able to be out and, you know, and him fill in like that. And man, you know, it's just great teaching. And so I'm watching it on my phone because I'll be honest with you guys. I was out and I was in uh, South Florida on a turkey hunt. I like to hunt and turkey hunting is probably my favorite thing to do. And y'all are going like, what are you doing in South Florida? Turkey season's not in. Well, down in South Florida. So we were down close to West Palm Beach and I was with a guy that I met just a, really just a few weeks ago. I met him at Home Depot and we were out talking and we talked about going to hunt the Osceola turkey down in South Florida. And he was like, man, I'm in. I'm like, dude, I'm in. And so we made this, put this trip together. My wife thought I was crazy. We didn't have anywhere to stay. We were going down there. We were just going to kind of figure it out. And uh, we did. So we got down there and uh, we were doing some scouting. And uh, anyway, we, we see this really, we go through a couple of big water holes, you know, and every, where we were hunting was really tough hunting. And uh, so the guy goes, uh, his, his name's Tanner. He said, hey, man, you know, he said, you think we can make it through that? I said, hey, it's your side by side, your call. You pull the trigger. I, I'm, I'm just saying. So we get going through it and we're, we're doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, man, we boom, go underwater and it was not good. And um, anyway, so, and we're a long ways from anybody. Now, the cool thing is we had met people that morning uh, there. Some of the people there in Florida were some of the most uh, friendly people and generous people you'll ever meet. And so I called this guy named Joe. I said, hey, Joe. Joe, man, I said, uh, 
kind of told him where we were at. And he said, yeah, I know where you're at. He said, I know that hole. He goes, that's a deep hole, dude. And I was like, yeah, we know. And uh, he said, uh, he said I, I can't get you across it, he said, but I can pick you up and get you to your truck. And we were like, all right, that's cool. So we got to the truck. We saw this thing called a, it's called a swamp buggy. If you guys have never seen it, it's amazing. It's like a redneck's dream. And um, anyway, so we have to, we go out, we get the truck, we come back with Tanner drops me off and I'm kind of waiting there hoping this guy with this swamp buggy would be willing to pull us out because we're still stuck in this, uh, in this water. And, uh, so anyway, I want to kind of show you what it looked like. So I, I'm sitting there waiting and this is what comes riding out. And, um, isn't that a cool looking rig, man? I mean, it, you have to crawl up to get on top of it because you're going and th- that thing will go anywhere down there. And, uh, so that's what I saw that night when I was waiting for him to come out. That's what it looks like. So you sit up on top of it, but it'll go anywhere down there. And, and then uh, the bad thing is that's what it looked like for me as I'm, I'm videoing him pulling us out of there. And uh, the uh, side-by-side would not work. We had, to, uh, we had to really take it back to his house. The guy said, hey, man, do you want to just come back to my house? And we were like, yes. And uh, he happened to be an incredible mechanic. His name was Seth. And we got back there, and uh, his mom comes out. We get to talking, and she said, are y'all Alabama people? And we were like, yeah. She goes, we love Alabama people. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And uh, her daughter had gone to school at the same college I went to at Stanford University in Birmingham, and we just kind of got to talking. And so he pulls us out, takes us back to his house. Literally, we, take the, we, we clean the motor out, get everything running. And so when we go back the next morning, the side-by-side is ready to roll. And so this guy had done all this. Didn't, I mean, didn't charge us anything, just he was what? He was generous with his time, his resources, with everything. And so, so I want us to talk about generosity today and uh, about that being contagious. Now, whenever I left, you know, we were finishing up a series on love and you guys are going like, hey, I, that's what you taught on in love when we're talking about the most important commandment. But this is out of Luke and, and I want you to listen to the, the, the passage that comes right after this. But again, I want us to start here. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to, t- to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what, what should I do to inherit eternal life? I love that question. How do, how do I get this eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Remember that? We just taught on love, right? We talked about loving people. It says, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and he goes, and who is my neighbor? And so I think that's something that we need to ask. Who is my neighbor? Because oftentimes we'll say, well, it's just the guy that lives on this side of me or this side of me or whatever. Those are my neighbors. And that's the only two people I've really got to worry about or care about or whatever. And that's what, what Jesus is saying. And so this guy's going, hey, man, who is my neighbor? You know, and so Jesus tells a parable that's pretty awesome. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. That's a pretty rough day. Uh, it's worse than getting stuck in water, right? I mean, that's, that's a bad day. I mean, this guy's hanging on for his life. It seems like he's just, he's, uh, he's lost everything. He's been beat up. And some of you guys may go through life feeling beat up. And you need somebody that comes by and will show you mercy, right? That will say, hey, listen, man, I'm here for you. God's got a plan for your life. He wants to do great things in you and through you. I hope you understand that. And so we've got to understand, you know, hey, our neighbor may be somebody that, is, that we just kind of pass doing life with. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Didn't do anything. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. 
but he also passed by on the other side. Now, we obviously can tell by what Jesus is telling here is that this religious stuff does not cut it. It's not about just being religious. It's not about just going to church. It's not about just kind of doing a few things that make you think, all right, I mean, I think I'm good. I think I'm in. It's about being sold out, right? It's about being more than that. It's something that gets outside of the church walls. I mean, like he said, Jesus said, hey, this is a priest and here is a, a temple assistant. These are the guys that do stuff in the church. But man, they don't do anything out on the road. And so we cannot just come in here and say, hey, listen, I'm just going to serve at the church and never serve outside of these walls. We've got to have the mentality, God, wherever you send me, I'm a light. Wherever you send me, I want to, I want to be Jesus with skin on. I just had a, a, there's a lady in our church, Miss Sharon, super sweet lady, was just telling me how uh, she was talking about she goes to different stores and stuff and she just invites people to church and she tells them about Jesus. She goes, I took a whole stack of those cards that y'all have. I said, that's fine. That's what they're for. And uh, she was like, I just, I love meeting people in town. She goes, I meet the nicest people. And I'm thinking it's because you're so nice, you know, they see Jesus on her and, and she's, she's just sharing love. She's sharing hope. And so I love the fact that she's outside of the walls, offering hope, reaching out to people that, that need to hear that God has a plan for their life. And so then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Now, to understand this, Jesus is talking to a bunch of Jewish guys, and he's telling them about this despised Samaritan. And so for, for them, they're going, oh, my gosh. And like, come on, dude. I mean, come on, Jesus. I mean, why would you choose that guy? I mean, how in the world would he do the right thing? So you think about whoever you despise the most. I don't care what nationality, what color, whatever you think, whatever you have a heart issue with, God is going to show you, you know what? He will use anybody if they have the right kind of heart. And so what happens is oftentimes, you know, we go, with, you know, I, I, I don't see Samaritan as a big deal, but they did. And so whoever you, you know, you dislike, maybe you dislike the rich or maybe you dislike the poor, maybe you dislike whatever. And you go, you know what? And Jesus would say, well, hey, you know what? That's who stopped to show compassion. The person that you despise or dislike the most, that's who Jesus said, hey, listen, that's who stopped to show compassion. It says, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a, was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And so I love the fact that Jesus leaves it with that. He says, hey, now go and do the same. So as we're going, as we're doing life, as we're going to school, as we're going to work, as we're going to the grocery store, as we are going through life, we're to show mercy and we're to make disciples. If you go back to the Great Commission, you know, as you're going, as you're doing life, man, you're to share the gospel. You're to reach people, to baptize them, make disciples, teach them. That's what we're supposed to be doing as we're doing life. That's why we love to say, hey, let's do life together. That's what Life Groups is about, is getting together and doing life together. Gathering for prayer. You know, we gathered around the schools this past week, uh, yesterday, and prayed. And it was awesome just to kind of gather together and pray. Doing life together. Doing life together. Praying for uh, the, the teachers. Praying for the students. Praying for the parents. Praying for the workers. Anybody that works there. Praying for God. Praying for the administration. Praying for God to just literally, you know, put peace in those schools. That his presence would be in those schools. And so the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. So 
Here's the thing. The guy who showed mercy, he was generous with his time. And we know, you know, this is something that can become uh, the most important thing to us. Uh, you know, oftentimes our time is more important than our money. Uh, you know, if we could pay somebody to go do something we don't have to do because we don't want to waste our time, we will pay somebody to do that, right? And, and so, you know, there's, there's times whenever our, our time is so precious that we go, man, that's our most precious commodity. And I love the fact that last week, Tony challenged you guys to be serving, right? You know, if you've been given a spiritual gift, I challenge you on this as well. If you've got a spiritual gift, use it to help build up the body of Christ. Use it to reach the lost. Use it to be a light in a dark world. Use those gifts. And many of you may be going, you know, man, I don't know what my spiritual gifts uh, you know, are. Well, then let's figure that out. We went around our, our life group the other night and uh, we were talking about spiritual gifts. And I, I was kind of asking, hey, what's your spiritual gift? And a couple of them didn't know it. I said, hey, we're going to help you discover that. So we did a, a survey and, and, and that you can go to our website. I think it's got it on there. So they did a survey to figure it out. And we got there the next week and we were going around and one of them said, I said, you know, and he had said his, uh, his spiritual gift was procrastination. That's not a spiritual gift. So we get there the next week and he said, I said, did you take the test? He goes, I did not. I said, your gift is spiritual. I mean, your spiritual gift is procrastination. And uh, anyway, so, but you can discover what your gifts are. And then you, what you do is you, you use that gift to help build up the body of Christ. There are people that use them this morning. They're using them right now in different areas all over this building. And they're using their spiritual gifts to help build up the body of Christ. And so God wants you serving. He wants you doing it. So it takes time to serve people. And so this guy, he, he's going somewhere. He's out and about. He's headed somewhere, right? And he, he takes his time to minister to this guy's needs. He showed him mercy. And Jesus commended him for it. See, he was generous with his resources. He took his olive oil. He took his wine. He took his bandages. And he put it on this guy that he did not know that had just had a bad day, right? And so oftentimes we, we struggle to give our time and we say, man, time is just so precious. And we struggle to give our resources. And, you know, in, in this day and age, especially in our culture, we have so many resources. I mean, we have a lot. You know, um, I hear people talk about it. You know, if you're wealthy, and I'll just tell you this, all of us in this room are wealthy in the world's standards. If you have change in your ashtray, if you have an ashtray, I don't know if you have ashtrays in cars anymore, but on your console, or if you have change in a jar or whatever at your house, you're wealthier than most of the people in the world. You realize that? If you've got food in a, in a pantry or in the refrigerator, if you have a refrigerator, you're some of the wealthiest people in the world. If you have a car, if you have multiple cars, you know, you, you're one of the wealthiest people in the world. Now, in, in, Amer in American terms, we'd say, well, you know, Mike, no, I'm, I'm blue collar or I'm no collar or whatever. I'm just telling you, you're considered some of the wealthiest people in the world. There's a reason people want to come here because there's so much wealth here, right? And so this guy was willing to use his resources. We have so much wealth that we're always trying to figure out, hey, how do I get a, a shed or how do I get a storage building? I mean, if y'all look around Prattville, there are storage buildings popping up everywhere. Climate control storage is everywhere, right? Because we have so much what? stuff or if you want to call it resources and some of that we could either sell and give the money to somebody that has need or we could give it to somebody that needs it right and, but we're afraid well they may sell it <laughs> they may sell it and here's the thing they may sell it and it may provide for them but we're worried about what they might do with it so he was generous with his resources and so again we see the picture here the religious people just kind of walk by but man this guy gave of his time he gave of his resources he was generous with his mode of transportation. Now that may hit some of you hard. 
So if you read it again, it says that he gave him, he put him on his donkey. So that means he was walking, right? So we have some pretty nice modes of transportation. I was looking out the window a while ago, and there's some pretty nice modes of transportation out there. They're not donkeys, you know what I'm saying? So what if there was somebody who had need? Would you give them your car, and you just say, hey, listen, I'll just walk? Boy, that hits close to home, doesn't it? What if you know, I mean, there's somebody that you know that does not have a vehicle, their car's broke down, whatever it might be, you know, they need to get somewhere, but you or not willing to, because, yeah, I mean, you pay a lot, right? I remember, you know, years ago, whenever I, I was looking at some things the other day about what cars cost, you know, like 20 and 30 years ago, blow your mind compared to what we pay for them now. You know, I, I saw a truck the other day. I said, man, that's probably an $80,000 truck. He goes, more, man, it's more than that. And I'm like, guys, crazy. And I know we've got inflation going like crazy right now too. But I'm just saying, you know, would you give your mode of transportation to somebody you don't know? You might say, well, I would do it for a friend. Or a family member, maybe for the pastor, I don't know, but maybe you would. But would you give up your mode of transportation for someone you don't know? I mean, I'm telling you, this, this hits close to home. And we go, you know, I, I love that story, but, but do I line up with it? Do I, do I do what it says? He was generous with his money. And I just got through bragging on our church for being generous with giving. And sometimes the easiest thing to give is money. Now, we worship money in America like nowhere else, man. Um, but I'm just saying sometimes because we have so much, it's easier to give money than it is to give time, resources, or mercy. Right? I mean, we just say, well, I'll, hopefully I'll give some money and hopefully somebody else will take care of them. I'll give some money and hopefully somebody else will do something. But he was generous with his money, which is commendable. And, I, and like I said, I commend you guys for giving. We're able to give as a church to other churches, to other missions, to other ministries, so that the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out. It is proclaimed not only in this country, but also in the other countries around the world. We want to see to the edges of the earth, to the ends of the earth. We want to see the gospel proclaimed in the mountains of Africa, wherever it might be. And so this guy, he showed mercy. He showed mercy. And so I know some of you guys are going, you know, you were talking about spiritual gifts. Well, I, I don't have mercy as a gift. You may not have mercy as a top gift, but it's supposed to be there. You know, spiritual gift is, is, is something that we can say, well, you know, I don't have that gift. Uh, so I'm not going to even do, consider that. Well, Jesus is telling this guy that, hey, man, if you show mercy, it, it goes a long way. When we serve, when we give, when we're, we give sacrificially, God, God blesses that, right? And so here's the thing. Generosity is love in action. And so we saw this guy put everything into action. And, you know, I mean, he began to do uh, the, the things that we would hope that somebody would do for us. So here's the thing. What, what if we were to put ourselves in that position? We're the one that got beat up. We're the one that got robbed. We're the one that's laying there. We're the one that, you know, maybe we're unconscious or whatever. And so what, what would we want somebody to do? And, and we would want them to show mercy. We want them to stop and help. It says, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Even the guy who's questioning Jesus, even the guy who, you know, sounds like he's just trying to justify some things. Even he knew it's the one that showed mercy. It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the, the assistant. It wasn't the religious guys. It was the one, it was the guy that moved to action. It was the guy that moved to action, that did something. He didn't just pass by. He didn't realize, oh, I see the need and then keep moving. Oftentimes we do that. We see a need and we'll keep moving. But God, I believe, allows us to see the need so that we can be part of the action, right? Some, part of the response to that. 
And so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to, you know, to be generous with my time, with my resources. So God is a generous God. We all know that, right? I mean, the, the bumper video talks about God. Give, he gave it all. He gave his son. You know, John three sixteen. we know uh, that passage. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son Jesus who went to the cross, who bled out his precious blood on a cross for your sins and for my sins, for our greediness. He died for our sins of lying, of cheating, whatever it might be. Jesus died for, so that we might live. And so God gave his one and only son so that we might have eternal life, that we might be redeemed. And that hopefully one day that we would what? We would show mercy and that we would care about people and we would be the church. We would be the hands and feet of Jesus going and making a difference in this world. Not just going and being religious, not just coming and sitting and soaking it up, but going out and being a light in a dark world, going out and sharing the love of God and showing mercy to those who need mercy. See, sometimes the ones that need mercy don't walk through the doors of a church. Sometimes they do. We pray for them. We pray for that every week. We've gathered in here yesterday at nine o'clock yesterday morning. We do that every second Saturday. And we pray for the lost to come walking through these doors, for those that you know, need mercy, those that need hope, those that just need to be loved on. That they would walk through these doors and, man, they would hear the message of the gospel and that Jesus would save them. He would heal them. The captives would be set free. We pray for that, right? Our, our whole prayer team in here yesterday, we were saying, you know what? We, we walked out of here with a sense of anticipation about what God would do today. That he would do something in the hearts of people. And not just those that are here in this room, but those that are watching online. We have hundreds of people that watch online every week. And so even those that are dialing in from somewhere, wherever you are, man, we prayed for you yesterday. And so we want to see people saved and changed. I love the next verse here. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. We know John three sixteen, but man, we've got to understand God sent him. He was on a mission. He wanted him to make a difference and he did. He changed everything. And, and so we've got to understand that, that generosity is a good thing. Give is used 2,152 times in the Bible. I think God wants us to get it that it's good to give, right? 2,152 times, give, 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 give. And I tell you this, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. There are times that you say, you know what? I'm going to give this and God, you know, I, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm, I'm giving this, but I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. If you trust him, man, he will provide. You know, he'll meet your needs. He'll meet, he'll, God gives us faith. You know, we, that faith grows, man. And the more that we see God move, the more we go, you know what, God, I can trust you with more and more. Here's the crazy thing is God trusts us. God trusts us to give. God trusts us to serve. God trusts us to minister. I mean, how crazy is that, that the holy God of the universe trusts me and he trusts you to be the hands and feet of him. I mean, he trusts us. So we got to trust him. So give. Generosity honors God. You know, I think we know that whenever we give, especially whenever we, we know that God has said, hey, listen, this is what I want you to give. Like I think back to the big give, when we give generously and sometimes we give sacrificially I always ask everybody hey I want you to give what God wants you to give whatever God tells you to give trust him just trust him and, it, and it's not about an amount it's about it's about obedience right it's about I want to honor God and I want to be obedient to God and I want to literally give what he tells me to give and therefore I'm, if I'm obedient to what God says he's going to provide he's going to meet that need whatever it might be so Hebrews 13, 14 through, six, uh, 14 through 16 says this, for this world is not our permanent home. I hope we could live like that. That's what scripture's saying. Hey, this is not our permanent home. I know sometimes we think this is all we got. 
There's way more beyond this, right? For this is not our, our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. In other words, it's not just on Sunday mornings during a few songs. But man, as we are walking through life, man, we're praising God. We're celebrating who Jesus is. We're doing it by how we live. We're doing it by how we give. Look at this next verse. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. See, that's part of, our, part of our praise. These are the sacrifices that please God. So whenever we do good, whenever we give, when we meet the needs of the others, man, God is honored in that. They're, they please God. I mean, he looks down and, and it's kind of like, hey, that's my boy right there. I mean, I mean, he's getting it done. You know, I mean, God is honored by that. And so we want to live in such a way and we want to give in such a way that, man, God, God is honored and he's proud of us and it pleases him. Generosity makes us more like Jesus. There's nobody we should be, ever want to be like more than Jesus. You know, I know there's kids growing up, you know, hey, they want to play like a certain basketball player or football player or whatever. And you can learn from them. And man, every, every, every one of us ought to go, you know what, man, I want to be like Jesus. As a pastor, I don't want to be like some other pastor. I want to be who God's created me to be. And I just want to be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just want Jesus to work in me and I want to become more and more like Christ each day. And so for you, whatever it is, you go, you know what? I want to be like Jesus. And so generosity makes us more like Jesus. So why would we not want to do that? I love this. Philippians 2, uh, 2.15 here says, is there any encouragement uh, from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Those, that's a rhetorical question. And obviously it's a what? It's a yes. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Would y'all, what would y'all say? Yes. yes. Now y'all can say it louder than that, right? Let me ask the second question, see if y'all can answer it louder. Any comfort from his love? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, man, I mean, there's nothing like the love of Christ. There's nothing like the love of Christ. When you fully understand that when this relationship is where it's supposed to be, man, there's nothing like the love of Christ. There's nothing even comes close. Even, even the love that you share with your spouse does not compare to the love of God. I'm just telling you, this is, this is human love. This is supernatural. And that supernatural can make this supernatural. But it has to start here. That's the most important relationship. Is there any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? What would you say? Yes. 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 I mean, there's, there's fellowship there. There's nothing like getting together, man, and just enjoying fellowship. There's something powerful about that. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? That's not rhetorical. That's a real question to go. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? That's not, so that's one you can't go, oh, yeah. Well, does your life back that up? Do your actions back that up? Do your words back that up? You know, and so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, I, I want my life to be different. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. It goes back to serving together. It goes back to being kingdom minded, right? For us as a church, for every one of us to go, hey, listen, this, this is not just about just doing church. This is about every one of us reaching out to our lost friends. Every one of us, you know, inviting people, you know, like y'all probably saw the Easter banners and stuff that are up, you know, Easter, Easter's on its way, right? Easter is on its way. All right. So Easter is a celebration of the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection that we serve a risen savior. And here's what I would say to every one of us in this room. Every one of us ought to be praying right now about who we're going to bring as many people as we can on Easter weekend because we want them to hear the message of the gospel. Let me just say this. Don't go invite your friends that are going to church somewhere else unless they're lost. You can be lost in going to church. 
But I want to I challenge you as a church to invite every lost person you know to be here Easter weekend. I want you to go get them, if you will. Go pick them up. Man, if you have to get a van, go pick them up and bring them here. Let's, let them, let's do everything we can to get them here to hear the gospel, the good news. We don't want to suck people out of other churches. I want to reach the lost, the unchurched, the unsaved, the ones that nobody's willing to go after, the ones that are laying on the road beat up and that, man, are hopeless. Let's be willing to reach out to them. Let's be willing to invite them. Let's be willing to bring them. Let's be willing to meet them here. Say, man, I'll meet you at the front door. You can sit with me and my family. But let's really go after those that have no hope, right? And I think when we do that, man, the the body of Christ is going to explode. So they make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. And man, we want, we want to reach as many people as possible with the gospel. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. I mean, over and over and over, that if I will die to self, and I'll focus on meeting the needs of others, God will meet my needs. Christianity is crazy like that. If I'll love him with everything that's in me and I'll love other people and even serve them, he'll meet my needs. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That passage goes on to talk about that Jesus left heaven, came here as a slave, came here as a servant to go to the cross for your sins and my sins. And so if he is who we really follow, And we say that, hey, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Christian. Then we've got to be willing to serve if we're really following him. Last week, Pastor Tony gave an incredible statement. I loved it. He says, we're not spiritual consumers. We're spiritual spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. We are the hands and feet of Christ. It's not a building. It's not a building. It's all of us. It's every one of us from the corner all the way around. Everybody that's watching online that's a believer. We are the church. We are his messengers. We are his representation. We are his ambassadors. And so the question is, is do we represent him well? Do we honor him with how we live? Do we show mercy? Do we serve? Do we use our spiritual gifts? to help build up the body of Christ? Are we just consumers who are soaking it up? Are we spiritually fat? Do we need to use our spiritual muscle to literally build up the body of Christ? Absolutely. And so we've got to be willing to ask ourselves, what are we willing to do? Here's some next steps. So I'll choose to be generous with my time by serving others. That doesn't have to be just here in the church, but that's in your neighborhood at your school, at your workplace, in your community. You know, maybe, maybe God's calling some of you to be a leader in our, in our, in our community. Maybe it's to be a, not, I, don't, I don't even like to call him a politician, but maybe it's to be a leader in our community. Maybe it's to be a leader in our country. We need good leadership, right? I mean, we need that. And so you say, well, you know, Mike, I don't know about that. Well, that's serving your community. Maybe you head up a team, maybe you head up a, a group or whatever that's meeting the needs of our community. We can drive around our communities and complain about them and talk about them and talk about how bad crime is and all this kind of stuff. Or we could begin to mentor young men and young women and teach them about Jesus. We could do something that makes a difference in our community rather than just complain about it, right? 
We could be people of action, you know, to where there's love there. It's obvious and that we're generous with our time. We're generous with our resources. And we believe in the God that can change anybody. We've got to be willing to say, God, I, I just want you to use me. And God, thank you for trusting me. I choose to be generous with my resources to meet others' needs. If we will do that, he will meet our needs in ways that only God can. And man, I want to challenge everybody in this room, everybody that's watching online, if you will, to say, you know what? God, will you use me this week? Will you use my resources to be a light, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement, God, to somebody out there? that needs it. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. What will you do this week? What will you do today? There may be some of you here, maybe somebody that's watching online, that man, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. That's your greatest need. Maybe you're super selfish super greedy and you want to change you can't do it in your own strength it, go, it comes back to you have to surrender your life to Christ and then he fills you with his spirit which gives you the, the power and the authority to be able to be what Jesus has called us to be so for maybe someone in here, maybe someone watching online, your greatest need is to accept Jesus Christ, to surrender your life to him and say, Jesus, here's my life. Here's everything that I've got. I surrender it to you. Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Jesus, I've messed up. I've blown it. So confess your sins. So just say, Jesus, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. Will you come in? Will you save me? Will you redeem me? Will you change me? Will you transform me? His answer is yes. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. I'm turning to you, Jesus. I'm turning from this world. I'm turning to you. Jesus, will you save me? His answer is yes. And so if you just prayed that prayer with all the faith that you have, and you really mean it from the bottom of your heart, you will be saved. That's what Scripture says. Now it's time to walk. Now it's time to grow. Now it's time to mature. If you just prayed that prayer, man, we would love to know. We'd love to be able to pray for you. We're going to have a prayer team that'll be here at the front. You can come and pray with them. There's going to be a, people back in the VIP room. Uh, I'm telling you, it's an important decision that you've made. We want to put a Bible in your hand. But I believe there's a lot of believers in this room that God's really dealt with you today through his word about you showing mercy. About you trusting God enough to be used. And so I want to ask you, what are you willing to do different today? What are you willing to do different tomorrow and this week? Are there some things you need to let go of? Are there some things you need to lay down? Are there some things you need to do that you feel like God is telling you to do? Then I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to trust him enough to be obedient. To trust him enough to give. To trust him enough to serve. 
to trust him enough to really follow him. Father, I thank you for loving us. God, you're such a giving God. You're such a gracious God. You're such a generous God. Father, we just love you so much. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for trusting us. God, thank you for giving your son Jesus that we might live, that we might have eternal life. Father, I pray if there's anybody in this room that has put their faith in you for salvation, that God, they would let us know so that we can walk with them. God, anybody watching online, if they've made that decision, that they would let us know so that we can walk with them. God, we want to give you all the glory and all the praise for that. Father, I pray for these that are sitting in this room that are believers, those that are watching online that are believers, that God, that they have not been generous, but have been greedy. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to break that today. And that our heart and our mind and our desire would be to be generous. That we'd be more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys would, everyone stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. We've got a prayer team here on both sides that will pray with you. But you respond and you do what the Holy Spirit has led you to do today.